have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for our editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from chat, doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and a lot of trash that we're getting and will be getting very soon. Um, so first and foremost, on the top of the episode, I have just one quick thought that I want to share with everybody very quickly. I have some quick hot goss that I have as well. And memes, I believe, let me double check that because we might not actually have any memes to read on the air this time around. We might just be putting that on our socials. Yes, we will be putting all the memes that we have um, on the socials. There's really, truly only three of them uh, for Toe. Um, but they'll be up on the socials, so none will be read um, here today. So, number one, my thought that I want to get out there to everybody, guys. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. In a little less than three months of this podcast now, we have finally reached a thousand downloads. I'm I'm in shock. I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who've been listening and not missing a single episode. And just, it's absolutely incredible. I'm so excited. I mean, I do have so many things that I want to get 
um, going with the with the podcast in the future, hopefully. So let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much. Um, so yes, wanted to definitely share that with with all of you. And then let's hop into the hot goss. So one very quick thing with the with the hot goss, which does definitely pertain to uh, toe. And this might be a little bit of a spoiler. Um, so if you don't want to know, this is with respect to Julio and Kirsten. So if you don't want to know anything regarding their story, I would skip ahead maybe a minute or so, a minute or two. Again, I will put timestamps in the episode um, so that you can avoid the spoiler. But spoiler starting now. So Julio has apparently confirmed that him and Kirsten have split. He confirmed this on Instagram. And apparently he it seems like he has been implying in like recent posts by liking comments, I guess, from other people, um, potentially about them not being together. So I guess he never did make it to the Netherlands after all, did he? I'm not even at all surprised. Um, but yeah, that's basically it for the spoiler and that is it for the hot goss for this episode we will have another hot goss for bachelorette coming up um with that episode again a little bit of a last minute scheduling change here for bachelorette which my god guys if you haven't seen the episode and you do watch it so good such a good episode um but there is a bit of a scheduling change there with that with that episode. So um, you probably will not be getting the Bachelorette episode. I'm going to try my best to get it to you Saturday, but it might not come to you until Sunday morning. I'm hoping I can get it out to you sooner, um, but I'm going to say the very latest Sunday. Um, but... Yeah, unfortunately, had a last minute scheduling change, guys. I have a day job and my day job needs me in the office. So, um, so yeah, I will not be able to record tomorrow. I'm recording on a Thursday right now, which that was my plan to record Bachelorette tomorrow, but I will not be able to do that now. So you'll be getting that a little later and you will get the next hot goss there with that episode. Um, but that's it. That's it for thoughts and goss and no memes, but you know. So we're going to jump into the reason that we are here. 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 5, Episode 5, My So-Called Wi-Fi. I hate these episode names, (laughs) but anyway, let's jump into it. So we're first going to talk about Brandon and Mary. So it's the next morning and we hear roosters doing what roosters do. And he said that he was definitely uncomfortable with his sleeping arrangements, 
But to top it off, when he woke up to go use the bathroom during the night, he said that she wasn't there. And he questions her, like, you know, where were you? And she says that she went into the other room where the TV is. This was kind of like the living room area. Um, because he was kicking her in the head. (laughs) So he says, okay, well, you know, do you think we could just sleep normally, head to head kind of thing? And she says, yes. So he, and is in the moment, is very worried about her being uncomfortable with him. He's like, you know, we've spent 24-7 on the phone. You've seen me poop and all this. So why are you uncomfortable with with me? And in this moment, the next morning, they're just very awkward with each other. They don't... They don't know what they're doing, basically. So he says that he would like to go have a shower before they have breakfast. Um, and he really does handle that very well, the showering process, because she has to boil water, because obviously they don't have any water where they are. And um, he says, I can do this. So he's handling it very well. Um she says it definitely in her in the moment says that it feels very different having him there in person. And she's very adamant that she does not want to be intimate. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, and again, I don't have an issue with the fact that she doesn't want to be intimate with him. That is her right. That is her decision to make. And he has to respect it. I think where the issue is for me is that you guys have been having phone sex, and I think he said like every night with each other for two years, and he clearly has this idea in his head that they're finally going to have sex. But I think like along with a lot of things that we kind of find out, she doesn't communicate with him very well. So if you know you don't want to be intimate or you are basically leaving it up to how you feel in the moment with him, then you need to communicate that with him so that he understands like, okay, maybe we get a little freaky sometimes over the phone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that something will happen between us. But I I don't know. But she does say, like, everything is new to her at the moment. So now they're going to go have some breakfast. And there is chicken adobo, adobo, God, sorry, adobo. And she says that she's going to feed him to make up for the awkwardness of the night before. And, you know, she says she's doing it to show her appreciation but there's also another reason that she's doing it. The other reason is that, 
Y'all, she wants to make him chubby because in her words, she wants him to be huggable. And I said, no, you don't. That's not the reason why you want to make him chubby. You want to make him chubby so that no one else is going to want him. So you don't have to worry about like people taking your man. He thinks it's sweet that she wants to take care of him. I said, Brandon, if only you knew. But he does say that even though it is sweet, he isn't really able to chew fast enough before she tries to shovel more food into his mouth. So he can't really keep up. So he says, you know what we're going to do today? And she tells him that he's going to be learning how to farm from grandpa um, because it's what the men do. So in particular, though, what he's going to be learning is, um, uh, I think, planting the rice or something around those lines. And that's something that the men do. So he needs to to learn this. And she does stress that this is very important for them to do because the farming is what gives them food. So it's very important. So then in this moment, Brandon brings up the fact that maybe they should be telling her grandfather about the kiss at the airport. Obviously, she doesn't want to do it because she says that he will get mad. And she kind of actually said, like, he gets mad a lot. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know what that means. But Brandon says that he doesn't want to walk on eggshells around the grandparents. But she doesn't, again, think that this is a good idea. And she's worried about the consequences. And basically, they decide, let's see how the lessons go with the farming. And if it goes good, then he'll tell them. And in this moment, I thought many things. I thought, number one, Brandon, if she has made of a boundary that she doesn't want him to know, then you have to respect it. If you, if it's all about not necessarily walking on eggshells or feeling the the freedom to, to kiss her or whatever, then just ask them for the permission now. Right? And so I did think it from it from that perspective. And then I also thought from the other perspective of maybe there wouldn't be these consequences to worry about or this anger to worry about if she was just up front with him and told him these are the rules we have to follow them but she made it she in so many ways without actually saying it has basically showed herself by saying I don't want to tell Brandon because I don't want to follow these rules and then she expects him to do the same. But anyway. So in the next scene, they're going to go get ready to 
go out to the farm and he's putting on boots and she says, you don't need those. And he said, no, I think I do. So she's like, okay, do what you want to do. That comes back. So he says that he thought, you know, he'd be trimming tree branches or harvesting like something, food or some sort, but he didn't expect what he would ultimately be doing. For those who didn't see the episode, he basically with the, the, the rice situation here, he basically has to ride the water buffalo around and know how to direct them, like the different sounds and, and um, cues that he needs to know for the water buffalo. He didn't expect that. And the, the, the water that he's basically having to go through is very dirty. He doesn't, he didn't expect any of this. So he goes out into the water when they get there and y'all, he immediately starts sinking and he tries to like free himself, but his, he, his foot comes out of the boot and then he ultimately just says, well, takes the other boot off and just goes at it. And I thought, again, that's very good to see him just, okay, the boots aren't working. So then I will just go into this water. No boots, no nothing. You think freaking anyone else on this show would have done that? You have freaking miserable bitch. Uh, you know, later on in the episode, we'll get to them. Is like not going to go into the river that's much better condition than what Brandon is in because she's worried about her flora and fauna. You know what I mean? Anyway, so it's better to describe what he's doing here. He's actually preparing the mud um, for the rice. And he has no clue what he's doing. He can't really talk to, to the grandfather because obviously he doesn't speak English. But with that being said, he is really trying to observe what the grandfather is doing and tries to mimic it and he, he seems to do fairly well. He just doesn't want to fall, basically. So after this, though, in the interview, which is Sir's interview, the grandfather, and he says, I don't think that Brandon is suitable for this type of job, but he will keep teaching him. So they're back at the house and they sit down and, and Brandon tells the grandfather that he had fun doing it. And grandpa says, you know, he did good. And Brandon kind of starts into this monologue about, you know, he wants to prove that he is a real man. I'm a real man. And he doesn't want to keep secrets because 
him and Mary don't keep secrets from each other. Guys, hold on to that. So he does tell the grandfather about the kiss at the airport. And he acknowledges that he did that without permission. And he doesn't throw Mary on the bus by any means. And again, Mary says she doesn't think this is a good idea. And you just basically see the grandfather at this point just staring at Brandon. And he says that he's angry. He said, you know, he should have asked for permission first. And again, I know there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, whether or not this is a way to go, whether or not you should be controlled, because it seems very constructing for women with these rules. Um, And that they're definitely more religious-based than cultural. Um, That this is probably something that actually doesn't happen, culturally speaking. Um, But at the end of the day, these are the rules that she has to obey, right? The brother had to do the same thing as well. And at least Brandon is dealing with it the best that he can under the circumstances. But Brandon does apologize for kissing her. And he says, now I want to formally ask your permission to kiss her. And surprisingly enough, Grandpa will allow it. And I was shocked. It's like, so what's the point then? Is it just to just know? Or like, I don't know. Anyway. But he says, you know, yes, you can kiss her now, but you have to get married. It's not even saying like, oh, you, you're, you're going to marry her, right? No, 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 no. They have to get married. And grandfather actually says, start preparing. And Brandon says that he has intentions to propose to her, but he wanted to wait to make sure that they figure their shit out, that they don't, they're not as jealous about things anymore, working on the confidence in their relationship and all of that. He wanted to work through those things first. Um, and he says, like, it's just a kiss. Like, he just wasn't expecting that. So, in the next scene with them, they are going to be going to the beach, and they're going to be meeting our friends, Paul, Pudding, and Jello. I'm sorry, guys. I, I mean, <laughs> oh, it was it was an opportunity I couldn't miss. Pudding and Jello. Okay, so um, and again, she brings up the fact that he didn't want her hanging out with these friends while he was in the States, but you know, and and again in this and they're having in a moment again in the moment situation and it's both of them together. And he doesn't deny what she's saying, but he does say like you know do they know how you wouldn't let me have friends? Actually, I'm not even sure if this was in an in the moment or while they were on the beach, but he does say, like, do they know that? Like, do they know I couldn't have any friends? Because, God forbid, I make a friend and it's a guy, 
well, that guy is going to have sisters or friends that are women or whatever. Nonsense. And she says, well, I've known them like all my life. And I've known them before, you know, I knew you. And she says, in terms of your other friends, like you didn't, you didn't know them before. And he says that, you know, that doesn't even matter. And I 100% agree with him there. So the friends show up and, you know, they introduce each other and whatever. And they kind of talk about like, what are your intentions kind of thing? And he says, you know, I want to marry Mary. But, you know, there's no exact date. And one of the friends, I can't remember which one it is now, was kind of not liking the sounds of this fact of their talking of marriage. And he says, like, you know, it's too fast to be talking about, you know, marriage and everything. And Brandon does admit that he was jealous of her friends. I mean, I'm going to say at least one of these people is maybe straight, but there's at least one of these people that he does not need to worry about. At least one. Potentially two. Let's move on. And basically her friends say, after he says that, like, stop the nonsense. There's no reason for you to be jealous. It's stupid. It's idiotic. It's immature. Like, you're never going to grow your relationship based on that. So I back up a little bit here. The friends say, like, you know, how would you know how would you know we would be hanging out, right? Unless obviously she told you. And he says, Well, I wouldn't know because she would tell me because there are no secrets. Here we are again with the secrets. And that's about to implode in a minute. Because the one friend whose name is Paul, that one I caught. <laughs> and he says, well, you know, about these secrets, Brandon, did you know she went and plug the Wi-Fi and then end the call in order to hang out with us? Well, no, Paul, um, he didn't know this, and you know he didn't know this. And he, the Paul friend says, you know, we just want you guys to trust each other. And Brandon looks at Mary and he's like, well, did you? And I thought, I'm ready for this man to read her for filth because I think it's definitely needed. Um, And we'll get to her explanations for why she did this or her excuses or whatever you want to call it in just a second. So we leave them, we come back to them and she does admit to doing it. And he says, what if I did that to you? You you wouldn't forgive me, basically. And he says, you know, since I have been here, you know, there hasn't been a single power outage. And she's like, it'll happen. You'll see. And I said, maybe maybe there are definitely power outages. There are power outages everywhere. Everywhere is different. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely understanding what he's saying. 
and he does say, and it's in the moment that, you know, he didn't really expect her to lie. This is kind of thrown him. And her friends do say, we don't have any plans to ruin your relationship. And he says to, to Mary, you know, I couldn't hang out with guy friends even, but here you are lying in order to hang out with your friends. And she says, you know, they would fight and she didn't want to be cooped up in the house. So she would do this in order to get out of the house and just distract herself. And I said, okay, what about him? What about him? It's all about you and how you're inconvenienced. But by, by an argument, but he can't even have dinner with his mom and his, and his siblings. He can't even go fishing with his godmom and godfather without you being there and listening in to every little fucking thing that this man does. The point he's trying to make here is I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing what you're what you were doing this entire time. Unplugging that Wi-Fi, shutting off the phone, and then just going out and hanging with their friends, which it in principle is not the issue. The issue is what's good for me isn't good for you. A mentality that she has and not understanding that. Because justifying her reasons for doing it proves that she doesn't understand or not so much understand, but doesn't care about how she has, I don't want to use the word inconvenienced, but lied, lied to him. And she says she just doesn't want to throw them away. And no one says you have to throw them away, but again, this is again, what's good for you isn't good for him or vice versa. You can have friends, but he couldn't. He could you could have a social life, but he couldn't. She starts crying and she apologizes and he apologizes. And again I thought, what are you apologizing for in this moment? There are things, yes, I know Brandon probably needs to apologize for, but in this moment what are you apologizing for? Has she even yet apologized for the way she acted while you were traveling to the Philippines to be with her? Because I haven't seen it. So here you are apologizing to her for what I don't know. And here she is apologizing to you for not only this, but she has yet to acknowledge her wrong in that in those moments leading up to him being there. Just childish. And her friends say, you know, you both have to stop with the jealousy and, you know, in order to strengthen the relationship between them. And her friends are being supportive nonetheless. And now that, you know, Brandon says, this, this, this triggered me a little bit too. And I'll, and I'll put my thoughts here. Brandon does say to the friends, now that I am here, she can come out and hang out with you. And I'll come too, you know? And I thought, okay, so 
just like I read her for filth, I'm going to read you for filth. So only because you're there now and you've met them, you now feel like it's okay for her to hang out with them, like she needs your permission to hang out with them. Like, and again, you say she can hang out with them, but does she hang out with them just her alone? Because I think she needs that time away from you and vice versa. Or like, do you need to be there too? And this is like, okay, I, she doesn't need your fucking permission to be with her friends who at the end of the day, she has known for all her life. Like I've had friends I've known long before any man in my life. And I don't need your fucking permission to be friends with them. I don't need your fucking permission to hang out with them. It's not going to happen. And again, I have stressed this before. I think anyone who is in a healthy relationship loves the person that they're with. But I don't want you in my orbit 24-7. I, I, you need to have that space away from your partner. It's healthy and you need it. And these two, I don't know under the circumstances, he doesn't know anybody else. But these two, I worry for them. I'm worried that they're doomed, especially with the spoilers that's gone around, the rumors that's circulating. I worry. But anyway, that's it for Brandon and Mary for this week. So now we're with TJ and Kimberly, and we're back with Fight. And she says that she hoped they could have talked things through um, peacefully. And he does come back, though. And he says that, you know, he apologizes for walking out. Um, but he felt like things were going bad, so he just left. Um, he says, you know what, let's get out of this room. Let's have a different environment. Um, and let's talk this out. He says now he's calm. So because he's calm, he's ready to talk things out. So she basically says to him that she just wanted him to basically acknowledge that she was hurt. And, you know, she does say, like, I get that I can be aggressive. When I get aggressive, I can start cussing. Um, but I just want for you to, to be vocal with whatever your limits are, if they've been reached, if you need a minute, if you need to, whatever, you know, just vocalize those things with me without walking away. So he does say to her that, you know, he does take things literally. So her calling him a dick, he took that quite literally. Um, and, uh, she says that she will do her best to be aware of what he can and cannot handle. Um, 
she does say that she wants to make living with his family work because this is obviously something that he wants. Um, and she does say very calmly to him the things that she thinks need to be improved in the in their space for her to be or to for her to to be able to stay in in the home, which she does say a door needs to be put in place in the bathroom. Um, and glass needs to be put in place um, in the windows. And I said, what about the toilet? Not working. <laughs> I think that needs to be fixed as well. Um, so he does end up telling her that his family is upset about the argument. And she does say, well, you know, I don't really think this is any of their business. They shouldn't be really getting involved. And he says, well, a mother worries about her son. Okay, yes, but here's the thing, TJ. I know for me, if I have an argument with my with my partner about whatever, I would like to know that he's not taking that argument and telling everyone in his family, and I would think he would appreciate me not doing the same. So it's, it's like not, you know, you, he obviously in this case, it couldn't be avoided that they would know about this argument at all because they were like screaming, she was screaming at him. So it it would be very difficult for the family to not hear what was going on, or at least know there's an argument happening, even if they couldn't understand it, except for the brother, obviously speaks English. Um, so that's a different situation. But the fact that he ran down those stairs and the first thing he did was complain about her complaining about the, the, the apartment. Um, anyway, they kiss and make up and, you know, now we have to see what happens with the family. So... He, in the next scene, we find out that he did talk to his mom about the argument and that everything is better now, I guess. So, we're in the week before the wedding. This is when all of the wedding traditions start um, within the Indian culture. And the first thing that happens is that we throw, I guess we would consider it like a celebration of some sort. And this celebration is for Lord Ganesha. Um, and he is the god of, I believe it's beginnings or new beginnings. I might have felt like I missed a word there, but beginnings. And for those who, I guess, don't know what um, this god looks like, it's the elephant. Um, it has many arms as well. So, um, he is the god. He so, so he sorry he has the power to make a marriage work without any hurdles. This is what TJ is telling us, and they celebrate him to make him happy. 
so he will bless them in their marriage. So we see that his mom and some other, he says, married women um, are making Eganesha. And I didn't quite understand if this is supposed to be like an offering to him or if it's them like making a mold of some sort of him. Like I was a little confused here, but they said that he said that they make it out of soil, cow dung, and turmeric. I am not going to mention anything about the cow dung. I'm going to skip past it because this is a religious thing. So, um, so they do it to show good intentions for the ceremony. And in there in the moment, because Kimberly is kind of, she wasn't there from a lot of this explanation. She just kind of show up towards the end. But in there in the moment, he says that the wedding ceremony is very much like a Mario game. The levels and stuff like that. So she says that she doesn't know what she's walking into. She has no idea what's happening. Um, but she just sits there. Mom does her thing. And I guess it's over. I, I'm just, I, I found it very interesting though. I, I was very much just taking it in and taking all the notes that I wanted to make sure I'm getting everything because we haven't seen this before in the 90 day universe. So I'm very much, cause we didn't get this with Jenny and Summit. Um, because the family wasn't involved in, in their, in their wedding, they didn't do this. So I'm very much just taking this all in. So she does tell us that she apologized to his mom directly through text messages about the fight. So, you know, the mom does say like, it wasn't great. Shouldn't have happened, but she's here for all of this. So next we have another ceremony, literally that night. And she doesn't know what it's called. Can really, she doesn't know what it's called, but it is another ceremony for Ganesha. Um, and TJ says, well, he really likes parties. So this is it. So they, so they sit and they play music, basically. He does talk about one instrument that kind of replicates like a harmonica. Like Ganesha is supposed to really love. And this makes him happy. Ganesha. She's confused. She doesn't know what's happening, basically. She's going to throw little things in there. She doesn't know what's happening. But she does say that everyone keeps like smiling at her and then they start shoving sweets in her mouth so she's all about this um so she's definitely trying her best to stay positive um through all of this they find like they leave the not leave but they go outside of the home i guess to catch some air party is winding down at this point and they're just talking 
her DJ, but she does ask him, you know, what would I be doing once we get married? And I said, yeah, TJ, what's she going to be doing? Huh? Huh? And because as we know, he's definitely keeping things from her in terms of what she can expect. Um, and he literally tries to dodge by not really answering the question. Um, but then he says, you know, women do this and men do this kind of thing. Right. Um, but he says, but you know what? That's not you. And she says, yeah, that shit's for the birds. She didn't say shit though, but I'm just saying, you know, that shit's for the birds. Um, she says it sounds very scheduled and that's not for her. Um, and she does say like, you never told me this and you know, he doesn't want to, you know, tell her any of this right now. He just wants to get through the wedding. And I said, well, you know what? The fact now that she has asked these questions and you were not forthcoming with her in that moment, when the time comes and you have to tell her because your family's going to be waiting around waiting for you to tell her, she's going to be like, well, why didn't you tell me the week before our wedding when we spoke about this? You spoke circles around me instead. So we'll see how that happens. Um, in the next scene, she is going to be going shopping for bangles. This is something that you have to have from when I was gathering from her, um, in, in Indian wedding, you need to have bangles with your dress. And I said, huh, yeah, I honestly, I'm not, um, Hindu, but I would love some bangles. I yeah, they're gorgeous. Anyway, um, so yeah, she does this traditional. Her brother, uh, his brother, is taking her because TJ has to work. Um, and she does describe her relationship with the brother as very cordial. But I did like mention, like, note that he is very much a gentleman with her, though, because after she gets the bangles that she, um, wanted. And they're crossing the street. He's like holding her arm, you know, making sure that, you know, she's safe, I guess. Um, and uh, I did find that nice just despite their relationship and despite what's about to happen. Um, because I wrote down, oh, for a second, he'll be done for like a second. So they sit and they talk and she says that I feel... Like, I have to change a lot to fit in to the home. And she brings up the fact that she can't cook garlic. When she mentions the garlic, as we know, also onions is another one. And he explains that when you cook in, we're going to say Hindu, um, which I'm assuming that most, that's probably the most that you see in India, but he says, when you are cooking, you're not just cooking for yourself. You're cooking for Krishna. Yeah. Krishna. So you're cooking for, for that God and you're, you you can't serve. I can't remember if Krishna is a male or a woman. I think it's, I can't remember. I'm trying to tap into my 
Catholic religion grade 11 course here. But um, anyways, you you can't serve them um, garlic or onions. It's just, you just don't do that. He doesn't explain why that's the way it is, but he says that's just the way it is, right? So she says that, but I should be able to do what I, like cook whatever I want. Like I should be able to do that. And he explains again, like you, you just, you don't do it that way. So it's not how it's done. And she says, but I should still be able to. And I said, you know what? Listen, I understand that maybe you can't wrap your mind around the fact that you cannot cook with garlic and onions. But based on Hindu religion, and he's trying to explain this to you, that you cook for one of the gods and you do not cook garlic and onions because you can't offer that to them. Whatever reason that is why you cannot give that to them, he isn't saying that part to you, but that's just the way it is. And the fact that you can't comprehend this is very interesting. I do see a lot of her privilege kind of showing here in this moment where I'm just like, but he's telling you, 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 you just can't in religious reasons. You just can't. So what's, what's, what are you not understanding here? Um, she then brings up that what if I want to eat meat again? So you kind of, I guess, in this moment, gather that they are vegetarian, which I believe, I don't know if all, but that's something that does you do see. Um, it's like, what if I want to eat pork or, or, or beef? Or she says meat, but he says, if you eat pork or beef, we basically cannot say you are a part of the family so she says so if i eat me like you're basically going to disown me in a sense and again i said okay but you know what i can really i i'm not saying that i agree with that but this is something that they do this is their religion right and beef as we know just clearly it's an absolute no-no because cows are very sacred. And then you have pork. I don't know the story with pork, if pork is just something you don't eat as well. But in a lot of religions, that is the case. You don't eat pork. Um, and there are reasons behind why that is. If you're interested, do a Google search. But there, it happens, a, a Jewish People technically are not supposed to eat pork, whether they abide by that or not is a different story, but they're not supposed to. Seven-day Adventists, same thing. They don't eat pork. So it's not unusual that here is a person who's saying in our religion, we do not eat pork. That's, that's, not, that's not a new thing. I was not at all surprised by him saying pork or beef. Not at all. Um, but she can't seem to understand that. Um, so she says, so I basically have to obey, um, your, like all the rules. And he says, yes, because you would be making this harder for TJ, not us. 
You're making this harder for him because he also has to abide by these rules. Um, and she says, this is why I didn't want to live with you guys, but he didn't quite hear that correctly. He took that as you don't want to live with us. He thought like, she's literally saying, okay, well, I don't want to live with you guys then. Or she's like, no, this is, you know, prior to me agreeing, this was why I didn't want to. Right. And So she ends up saying, like, I didn't, but I am doing it for him because this is what he wants. And now you kind of see this tit for tat situation happening between the brother and her. And he says, well, who's telling you you can't move out? You can go, right? And she says, but I can't go without him. If I could, I would. That's what she, you know, she says to him. Um. And she's like, you know, I, you know, or actually let's say we'll start with him. She said, he says that TJ is sacrificing so much. He spent so much money on this, on, on the, on the top floor. And she says, but I'm not, I'm sacrificing too. I left my family, my friends. I can't even speak to my family during the day because it's probably night for them. Um, she's like, I've sacrificed a lot as well. And she she says like I'm expected to respect your traditions and he and he says well if we were and this I have to kind of agree with but mm, to an extent he said if we were in America we would have to respect yours but you're here so you have to respect ours and he says we do our best to be flexible with you know your culture I don't know if that's true but she's like you are <laughs> like um. And he does say in this moment too that, and I'm hmm, gonna read between the lines here. They we don't have freedom or individuality in India. And I said, do you mean that women don't have freedom and individuality in India? Because in the next breath, he says, or she says. But I have to listen to you, but you don't have to listen to me in a sense. And he's like, yeah, basically. So I said, okay, so then let's rephrase. Men can do whatever the fuck they want, but women, women can't. Because women don't have individuality or freedom. Um, but again, one person, example, um, Kimberly can't change that can't change generations and generations and generations of what is. So he says in her, in his, in the moment that she has to drop her ego. She has too much ego. Just too much. Then he calls her stupid. And that is when I said, you lost me. Cause I was kind of going back and forth with these, with these two. I'm like, okay, I understand him. I understand her. But then he fucking lost me because you do not have to call somebody stupid. You just don't. And from my understanding, I don't know who watched Pillow Talk or who does watch Pillow Talk, but Jenny and Summit are on Pillow Talk now. Go figure. And Summit did say that saying stupid in, in India is kind of in the same sense of some sort of non- judgy word you would use in western culture 
And I said, I don't care. I don't care. That's not okay. You don't do that. And she says, did you just call me stupid? And he kind of ignores for a second. And then he says, you know, he says, you know, you're acting stupidity. You're acting stupid or something like that, whatever term he used. And she says, listen, I understand that maybe you're not understanding what I am saying, but don't you dare call me stupid. And I said, amen. That's not okay. That's, that's, that's fucked up. Um, but I do think on, on the other end, she needs to understand that I understand she is sacrificing. She is, there's no doubt. But at the same time, you are moving there as an American. You can't expect his entire family to, I guess, bow down to what you think life should be like if you were living in America. Because you're not in America. I know the changes are are a lot and may be difficult in certain situations, but you have to try. And then I said, shit, Jaipur is really loud. Y'all remember from Rishi and Jen, it was just constant. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so loud. <laughs> we just kept hearing the, huh, like it was nuts. Um, but yeah, that's basically it for TJ and Kim this week. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code REALITYT2 to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A, and use our unique coupon code REALITY2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and the number 2. So now we are with miserable bitch and Johan. So here we go. So we see Lizette and Sandra is the other friend. I, I, I don't know why I couldn't remember her name last week. Anyway, they are kind of, we see them kind of like walking and they're, you know, going to go sit down with miserable bitch and Johan and they're like, oh, look at them. They're so in love. And I said, okay. <laughs> e, in, in this moment, he says that he really likes her friends. And I said, yeah, because they're women. <laughs> he 
he says um, that he's very comfortable with with them. And I said, yeah, because they're women. Um, so they sit down and y'all in English, Johan says to them, how was your day on the beach? And he sounded really good. Like he, he really flowed really well. I think his, I was impressed basically. And I'm like, wow, his English in that moment was better than uh, Ms. Rolovich's Spanish. Um, Anywho, <laughs> so they all, or well, one of them, either Lizette or Sandra, I can't remember which one, but they cheers to health, money, and love. You really need to cheers to the uh, to the money, because lack thereof. Um, so they start bringing up the conversation about children and having children. Um. And I said, really? Do we really have to have this conversation? And, you know, she says to them, you know, whether or not, like they say, like, you know, you're ready for it. And she says, you know, was I ready at 21? And I said, oh my fucking God, ma'am. That's not a fucking answer. That's not an answer. At 21 years old, you weren't trying to get pregnant. You're trying to have an orgasm. That's totally different. But at 40, you should know whether or not you're ready to have a child with somebody, like emotionally, financially, all of those things. And if you're not, you're not, and you can be more um, responsible at that age than maybe 21 because you just don't give a shit, right? Which is fine. It's fine not to give a shit. So... I, I just didn't like her answer. I'm like, really? That's not a fucking answer. It's not an answer. Um, so she says, you know, she says, I have the energy now, but, you know, I don't know if I'll have the energy in like two years. And I said, again, not a fucking answer. I, I just, I, I can't stand her. So anything she says, this irks me. So, so she says, you know, she wasn't really thinking about having any more kids. She thought that time had passed for her at this point. She was fine with that. She thought she was at a different point in her life. And then she met Johan and obviously he wants to have children. She said, I felt like I could jump on board. What? You think you can jump on board? we know you can jump on board. That's not the issue. The issue is, is that when you say something like that about having children, I, I, that doesn't make me feel all good and fuzzy and warm inside. Um, that makes me feel like you're just doing this to appease him. And here's my thing. Like, listen, if you, as an older woman want to be with a younger man, go for it. Have fun. Just get dick down to your heart's desire if that's what you want to do by all means here for it but the minute that this person starts discussing i want to have children and it's not even so much whether or not you yourself want to have like not so much like not let me rephrase not so much that whether or not your ability to have children because that's a whole separate situation that sometimes it's just out of our control 
So that's not even where I'm going here. But when I'm talking about the fact that you know you don't want children, I'm sorry, but you can find another dick that doesn't want to have children that will fuck you just as good. Let this one go so he can be able to do what he wants in his life. Like, that's, and again, you, you people fall in love and you can figure things out. That's, that's, you know, whatever. And that's what they seem to be trying to figure out. Okay, if I can't do it, fine. Well, let's get an egg donor and let's do other things that we can do to figure this out. That is not the problem. The problem is, is that you clearly didn't want to have children and you're just jumping on board because he does. You can jump off board and just say, you know what? You want something that I don't. We're in different points in our lives. So I'm going to let you go because I'm the mature one, I guess, in the situation, let's say, I don't know, whatever. I'm going to let you do what you got to do. Like I, the things that come out of her mouth is just, do you hear yourself? But anyway, so she tells us in this moment that he thinks that the best way to conceive is to have sex every day. He thinks, you know, spaying out every day and let's happen and happen. And I said, honey, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, you're probably better off not having sex every day. Um, if you're trying to get pregnant, but, um, yeah. Um, great if you can keep up with that. Um, but that's probably not gonna, you know, heat results. Um, but he just thinks that that's how it should go. And although, yes, like, I don't just have sex when you're ovulating or whatever, have sex all through your cycle um, as much as you want, right? But every day? And that dick, like she's already said, it's huge. And she's tiny, y'all. You know what? Like as much as I don't like her, I can't stand her. Um, The fact that she can take that every day girl and you're not hurting good for you anyway moving on (laughs) so um so she does you know bring up to the fact that they've been you know trying since before they even got married which we do know from love in paradise um obviously not being successful and they do kind of show a scene from love in paradise when they went to the fertility clinic and again as much as you know, the world doesn't like her. I don't like her. Can't stand her. I can't imagine, I, you know, when you're trying and you find out that the percentage is just so low to do this naturally, um, even in her early 40s, really, like, that's, I can't, that, that would be a gut punch. That would 100% be a gut punch, no matter what you think of her. Um, so I, I do remember feeling very feeling for her in that moment, even though my hatred was starting to grow at that point. Um, so he, he does say, you know, God is the one that sends you children. And I said, not enough. And as much as yes, religion tells you 
what's meant to be will be, God will provide and all of that. But I said, science is also very important. God can't make things happen that scientifically doctors are saying her body is unable to do, unfortunately, um, for you. And, you know, yes, now you have to go this other route. And he seems open to that, which is great. Um, but as we'll get into, there's the monetary factor of it. So let's get to it. So obviously she then says, you know, that going the medical route would, would make, you know, would make their chances grow in terms of getting pregnant. Um, but there's also that possibility that it might not work. So I, you still have to be realistic. And I'm not concerned about her realism, but like you have to be realistic. I'm more concerned about his, his, him being realistic. Um, so as discussed already in length, they are talking about um, the egg donor route. Um, but of course that costs a lot of money. And her friends at this point kind of say like, listen, you guys are still getting to know each other. You just got married. You just moved here. You haven't even been here a year yet. Um, and you, fuck, you haven't even been there a year yet. And there was problems for, I don't know how long it's been now at this point that she's been in the DR, but you had problems the first half and there's still problems to come. Like, Lord. So they say, you know, stop rushing to try and get all of your ducks in a row. You know, just take it day by day. See what happens kind of thing. But, you know, in terms of what the future may hold and what that may look like or how you go about that, Miss Real Bitch just says, you know, I don't have the answer to any of this at the moment. Of course you don't. But anyway, um, her friends, like, in the, in the moment kind of say, listen, I think, like, they are moving really fast. No shit. They got married after knowing each other for five months. You don't know a person after five months to even go there. But anyway, um, you know, we say like stability is an issue and still stability in the men- in the sense of the em- emotional part of it, but mainly the mod, like the financial aspect of it. Um, so, you know, they have to be united. Yeah. So in their next scene, um, they're going to the river with, and his family's going to be there. Um, Danielle, ooh, I just said her name. Oh, I didn't feel right. Miserable bitch um, doesn't want to go into the river because she feels like she has to do a bacteria test before she goes in there. I'm sorry, but the river looks lovely. You know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's very... Oh, I'm feeling very, someone's going to crawl up your hoo-ha or something anywhere. And she then says, you know, my pH levels are like right where they need to be. Then she goes into my flora and fauna. And I want to screw it up. And her friends just start cracking up in the backseat. Like your flora and fauna, honey, you think a little dip in the river is going to fuck up your flora and fauna? If that's the case, <laughs> you've got bigger problems. 
So they're like, so what is your flora and fauna? And she's like, I don't know, neutral. <laughs> oh my God. And she's like, I don't even know what your flora and fauna is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. So then don't talk about it then. You have clearly haven't even done your own research before you just start talking about it. Anyway. Um so they finally get to the river and there's this cow just munching on some leaves or something, just minding his own business, loving life, you know, and then um <laughs> Lizette. She's just like, oh hell no. I'm not she's freaking out. And Sandra's like, he's not even doing anything. And in the moment, she's like, I'm standing over cow shit right now. And Sandra's like, you're acting like, I don't want to say typical New Yorker, but typical New Yorker. And she's like, the cow's minding his own business. And she's like, no, did you see how I was looking at you? Wanted to like, come attack you and she's like no smiling at me the cow wasn't the cow was fine the cow probably used to being around people like it's clearly a wild cow but it's, like it's fine he's not gonna trouble you he's gonna live his life you live your life and all's good anyway um so we you know meet up with the family and you guys, I was talking about his heights and like when did he start growing? When did he stop? And all this kind of shit. And I'm like, oh, he was born like that. <laughs> so apparently, we find out in this moment that Johan was 12 pounds at birth. And I said, miserable bitch, good luck to you and your vagina. Like, what? 12 pounds. And she even says, like, oh, I'm not having your children. I'm, like, I'm not doing it. Like, somebody else is going to have to do it. <laughs> like, 12 pounds? Like, again, I can't remember how tall she is. I believe at some point she does mention, she did mention that. Whether or not she is same height as me, shorter than me, whatever. I could not take on someone who has been 12 pounds at birth and then have to push your child out. This has six, seven. That's going to be a big tall baby god bless her anyway actually <laughs> no god bless her because oh boy um so um so miss roll bitch and Lizette and sandra they go sit and they all she'll do is basically like stick her feet in the river so they do that and you know they start talking about the differences between raising children in New York and the DR. And, you know, she kind of wants to have the best of both worlds. Um, when raising children with him, she wants them to have like that laid back, just carefree look at life that, you know, his nieces and nephews have in the DR. But she also wants them to have the structure and the discipline that her son had. Um, in New York. And I can understand that. I, I don't have a lot of thoughts there. Um, she says that I know that he will be the fun dad and she will be the disciplinary. And 
she says that she just digging in some more says she doesn't want to have to raise her husband along with her kids. And I said, well, you chose him. You know, you're getting into, you chose who you ended up being with because the dick was good. You got stigmatized and you're like, well, I think I'm going to marry him, but then don't think about everything else. You made your, made your bed so lie in it because yes, you're right. He is going to be the fun dad. But the thing is, again, if you want to have children with this person, then you need to be on the same page in terms of how you raise your children. You need to have that conversation now. So when you have children with him and the child is old enough to understand that he can pit their parents against each other, you're fucked. (laughs) You're fucked anyways. But um, yeah. But yeah, that's basically it for Miserable Bitch and Johan for this week. So next we are going to be discussing Armando and Kenny and really just Armando and his mom. So we see that they're going to be going out for coffee, just the two of them, um, to discuss the well discussion, very heated discussion, um, between him and his mother from the night before. He said that, you know, he did get a lot out that night, but because Hannah was there, there was a lot that he didn't say. Now, I will say I'm going to hopefully try to get through this as much as possible, but the segment was really tough to watch just because um, I think seeing someone as amazing as Armando feel like he couldn't live in his truth and how that affected him was really hard to hard to watch um, and hard to hear, but definitely something that needs to be heard. Um because this is something that I think unfortunately is still happening. Um, and enough's enough with that. I think, I think you should be able to live your truth no matter what your truth is. Um, and just be your authentic self and it not be an issue for anyone. Um, that would be a perfect world. So, um, So anyway, um, so he tells his mother that, you know, the year that I came out of the closet, I know was very tough on you with, you know, him coming out of the closet aside, his mother, uh, the mother, uh, Hannah's mother's passing obviously was very tough, but he said, it was also hard on me. And from what I'm gathering, he really did take his mental health and how he was feeling and the fact that he did come out and the belly had to go back into the closet again when this happened. He was putting his feelings, he was back burning his feelings and how what he was experiencing, um, which I can't imagine is easy at all. Um, he mentions... Um, 
I can't, I don't know if he mentioned, I don't believe he mentioned this to his mother, but he mentioned it in his, in the moment that, you know, he didn't want to be gay. He thought this is something that he could just pray it away. He just say, I want to pray the gay away. And, you know, he said, nothing that I did worked, nothing um, that he was trying to get rid of it. Like it's something you could just scrub off your body. Um, nothing was working. Um, this was the state he was in. He said he hated himself. And it's so hard to hear that because, again, I- I'm coming from a cis straight woman's perspective here, but I-, I I can't imagine having to deal with that. And he does say that at one point he, again, he doesn't go into any details, um, um, like too much details. I don't know if any attempts were ever made, but he does say that he wanted to stop living. Um, so he was clearly at one point having suicidal thoughts. Um, and he says, and I think this is where it emotionally hit me. Um, he says that, you know, he didn't want to hurt his mother and Hannah any more than they were already dealing with. He didn't want Hannah to not only lose her mother, um, but then lose her father. He says that they are his world. And he said that in, in not even so many ways, literally the way he worded it was, Hannah is the reason he is still here. Um, he says that Hannah is his little savior and she doesn't even know it. And at that point I was just a mess. <laughs> um, and it does make you wonder if in a world there was no Hannah, what would have happened? Um, and uh, it's definitely something you obviously don't want to think about, but it's so hard to, to hear him be so raw in his feelings and I think he definitely needed to do it. Um, his mom in that moment says that she obviously clearly wasn't expecting to hear him say that he didn't want to live anymore. I can't imagine from a mother's perspective hearing her her son say that. And she says, she, she kind of just starts crying at that point she gets up and she hugs him and she says, I love you. I love you. Um, and she does say that, you know, I, she obviously is sad that he felt like he couldn't come to her, but at the same time says, I am so happy that you are strong enough to get through this on your own. Um, and she says in her, um, not really in the moment, but like interview interview outside the restaurant that um, she doesn't even want to picture what her life would have looked like um, if he wasn't in it. Um, so he does after at that point um, say to her that, he understands the risks of moving to Mexico City. 
And I feel like now, I mean, I think maybe partly the reason why he doesn't want to live in a big city might be because obviously he's a small town guy. He is used to what he's used to. But I think also at the same time, he is maybe taking on a lot of her fears. And that's maybe partly a reason why he didn't want to move to Mexico City. Um, But he says, you know, I know the risks of moving here. um, But, you know, I am going to think about it. You know, I think it's getting to a point where I have to make a decision. He says that there are so many possibilities for Hannah here. Um, there's sports that she can do. Um, she can also learn English in the school that they toured. And he he says, like, that is a very strong selling point for him is any type of opportunity for Hannah. And he does say in his in the moment that, you know, Again, it is getting to a point where he needs to make a decision. Um, And he does say that having another baby is a big reason for him. He does say that they are going to be looking at um, clinics, um, hopefully. And he's kind of hoping that he can get an answer from Kenny on that. So here's my thing. Where everything above the baby thing is great. I'm here for. I'm happy he was able to explain to his mother how he feels when it comes to coming out and that very tough experience for him. Um, so I have nothing to say there besides what I already did say. It was very heart-wrenching to hear some of the things he was saying, but it was definitely something that I think not only his mother needed to obviously hear, that's her that's her, her son, um, but I think the world needs to see. So that aside, this whole baby thing, <laughs> Armando, I love you, but Kenny is 60. He has raised his children. He now has Hannah but, you know, she's not a baby. She's nine, I believe, right? To start over with a baby at his age, that's a lot. And a lot could be, he complains about the fact that so much is on him now with terms of, you know, Kenny not knowing Spanish very well or at all. And a lot's on him. There is going to come a time, Armando. Where Kenny can't assist you, whether that be the old age is catching up, or maybe he's, you know, him getting sick, sick as an as an older person is going to hit him harder than it would someone Armando's age. So there could even be something simple as that, or God forbid, death, and. That I, I just, I don't know if Armando is thinking. You knew what you were getting yourself into by being with a man who was 30 years your senior. And I I don't understand where this baby thing is coming from. I do wonder if this is something that Armando brought up to Kenny long before he even moved to Mexico. Because I just don't. I just don't know 
why he thinks it's a good idea to have a baby with a man who is 60. It's not like he's 50, you know, and still has maybe 30 good years left. He is 60 and maybe has maybe 20, if you're lucky. Like I can't, I can't imagine, but yeah, I guess we'll see how, how that goes next week. We'll get to that in the next time on, it's a little, but that's it for um, Armando, well, basically just Armando um, for this week. So next we are with Kirsten and Julio, Julio. Honestly, I don't even care anymore with this guy. I, I, I can't with him. We'll get there. Um, so they are in a car and they're driving and they're still arguing about the night before. And, you know, he says to her, like, listen, it was just an option that Vincent threw out there. And she says, well, it was an option that you sure as hell grabbed onto and ran with. Yeah. The, yeah, basically like, I'm sorry, but, and I said this last week, you can have opinions by all means. However, when you start inserting yourself and putting your fucked up ideas into my relationship, what the fuck out? But I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Cause you kind of does, that kind of does get brought up a little bit. Um, he says, listen, like Vincent brought it up, right? Vince, Vince brought it up. And she says, well, no, Vincent didn't, which I didn't agree with. Vincent did bring it up. And she says, well, like Vincent, you know, didn't really like, he said it, but like, you're the one who jumped on it. Like he wasn't saying like, you should do it or whatever. And she's, and he's like, I don't see it that way. Listen. Vincent said what he said. Okay. He was putting his his real ass two cents into the situation. However, the problem isn't Vincent saying what he said. The problem is you, Julio, literally just, I don't know, horseback riding through that option and saying, I'll take this and say, listen, Kirsten, you know, maybe what he's saying, you know? think about it. You know what I mean? And that's on you, Julio. That's on you. Honestly, what I would have preferred is my man saying, listen, I love your opinion and everything, but this is between me and her. We'll deal with our shit. Mind your business. And literally, literally, in the words of Will Smith in Good Old Fresh Prince, what I would have liked to have heard Someone say to Vincent, mind your business. That's all. Just mind your business. Like, just, this is not your business. Anyway. um, So, Julio then says at that point, listen, you gave me an ultimatum. The fuck she did? Yes. Yes, she gave me an ultimatum. Because, sir, you're flipping the script here. That's the problem. You wouldn't get an ultimatum, as you say, if you weren't trying to flip it. 
you guys discussed, you planned, and this is what you're doing. But as soon as your family and your friends put their two cents into your situation, you can no longer think for yourself and you want to flip things around and say, oh, maybe you should come here for two months and get to know my family. Oh, maybe we should live separate when I go to the Netherlands. Like, this is what you're saying. You're flipping things. So, of course, she's going to give you an ultimatum because she's like, what the fuck is happening? We have discussed this in length. So, why are you changing the rules here? So, I I 100% agree with her giving him an ultimatum in this scenario. So, he says, yeah, you're giving me an ultimatum. So, clearly, I don't want to lose you. So, you know what? Just forget it. We're not going to do that. It's fine. I'll live with you. And he thinks, why that's going to make it all better. And she doesn't take that shit because she's like, how am I supposed to know you're not just saying this to appease me and shut me up? Like, now I'm supposed to trust your word when I trusted your word before and now you're changing things on me? This guy is so... His emotional maturity isn't there. Like, he can't think for himself. He needs others to think for him. Um, And he says, you know, I apologize for ruining the night. What is your apology in this in this situation going to do to fix things? There's things that you, it's like he literally says, you know what, I take it back. That's literally what he said was I take it back. And it's like, you can't take, you can't like erase it like, as if it just disappears. Listen, sir, listen, actually, that just makes me think of an analogy. For those, you know, when you use your pencil, right? For those who still use pencils, you use your pencil and you write it on a piece of paper and you make a mistake and you're like, shit. All right, let me use my eraser. Let me erase it. Does it really go away? No, it's still fucking there. So as much as you can say, sir, okay, let me just take this back. You already put it out there. You can't take it back. And she just erases it from her mind. Anyway. Um, so we find out that she is leaving the next day. I'm like, damn, like, I think she's only supposed to be there for a week. You completely, like, fuck things up. But she's leaving, a, like in literally a day. Um, so he is taking her to his favorite breakfast spot. And as they are, like, as he's going to go, par- he's parking the car and is in the moment. He says, listen, I never wanted to permanently live in the U S. Are you sure? Are you, are you sure? Because now you have this opportunity to move to the Netherlands and you're just like, Er, you know what? Maybe, maybe I don't want to do that. Like, really? I don't believe you anymore. And we'll get to Kirsten's thoughts on that in, in a little bit. And he and he says, you know, this wasn't meant to be his forever home. But he also then says, you know, with her trip here, it's kind of opened up his eyes, you know, with his family's reaction, uh, you know, being part of the reason why he's flipping the script. And he says, you know what, maybe, I don't know so much maybe, he says, we're moving too fast because of like how his family is reacting. And he says, you know, nothing has been going smoothly since she got there. Okay, you know what, 
fuck you. Fuck you. Honest to God. Really, really fuck you. Because the thing is, sir, Julio, fucking man, baby, the reason your family is kind of shocked by everything is because you didn't fucking tell them until three weeks before she was showing the fuck up. After you've been with her for over a year. That's on you. The reason it feels fast is because you didn't fucking tell your family. That is on you. That's not Kirsten's problem. She didn't want it that way. You did that. And then for you to then say, you know what? You know, nothing's really been going smoothly since she's been here. Again, that's your fucking fault. You want to say that's on her? Everything that has gone not smoothly is because of you. I, I, does he hear himself? Like, is he completely incapable of hearing how stupid he sounds? Because like, I'm hearing him say this and I'm like, but that's your fault. But that's your fault. But that's your fault. Like that's, that's your fault. It gets worse. It, it actually, not even so much worse. It's just so pathetic. But here we go. So he acknowledges that, you know, this trip has been hard on her. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, so anyways, they order some food. I think at some point he mentions, like, in his in a moment or something, that he does have concerns. Okay. <laughs> um, so I can't remember exactly what they or I think Eggs Benedict. Um, she likes the food. Great. Um... So he does like say, you know, like, what did you have? What have you thought about the food here in New York? And she says, you know, I didn't expect the pizza to be good in New York. And I said, honey, honey, it's New York. They're literally known for their pizzas being like phenomenal. Um, but I understand that maybe she wouldn't know that. And there might be a reason why <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. So. He says, you know, that is something he's going to miss is the New York pizzas. Um, but she says, yeah, but if you really want pizza, you can just hop on a train and go to Italy. The fuck you just say? Why is he so hesitant? Are you kidding me? I would love to know that I can just hop on a train and go to fucking Italy for some pizza. It's, it's, I know it's hot, like, I, it sounds ridiculous for me to say, but pizza in Italy, I know is going to be different than pizza in New York. I, I understand that. Uh, same thing. Totally get it. But I don't know for those people who are Jersey Shore fans, who remember when they went to Italy and they worked in that pizza place, the pizzas looked fucking phenomenal. So I'm just like, what he can go to literally repeat sorry guys i don't know if where we go where we're handed up there but i lost my wi-fi in the middle of the plot but we're back up so let's continue um so yeah anyways pizza italy what's the problem but this guy which I, again i understand new york is famous for their pizza. I get it. But this guy's like, yeah, but it's not New York pizza. 
you're right, honey. It's Italian pizza straight from Italy itself. Like, I don't. <sighs> All right. So, so he again asked Kristen, so you can't see yourself living here at all? And I said, she's already made it very clear that no, the answer is no, she can't see herself living there. Um, he now says that again, changing the goalpost. He now says, well, you know what? I really want you to come because I want you to get to know my family. Oh, so now you want her to get to know your family, the same family that you didn't even fucking tell about her until three weeks before she showed up. Now you care? Get a fucking clue. I, oh Lord. Um, so now he says because of this, now he wants to spend time in both places. For how long? Because like, again, I don't know how far ahead these guys are thinking. Clearly they're thinking about marriage at some, at some point in the future. Clearly they're going to maybe want children in the future. So how long are you going to go back and forth between places? Eventually you have to pick a place. You really do. Eventually, you have to pick a place because it depends on where you want to raise your children, depends on the education and all of that. Eventually, you have to pick a place. So this back and forth bullshit is bullshit. It really is. So so at this point, she actually, before she says anything, he says, you know, you know we're, we're fighting more because of you. I've made that very clear. So she now at this point questions, do you still want to move? And he says, yeah, I do. And I'm like, is she supposed to believe you? Is she really supposed to trust you? Because I sure as hell don't trust you and I'm not in this relationship. Like, uh, So he says, you know, I at least have to come back every so often so I can get my food fixed. And she's like, what the? We've never discussed food being an issue for the reason why. She's like, in the two months that you were in in the Netherlands before, Never once did the food issue come up. So clearly he's trying to, you know, grab onto things. Kind of like Amanda and Rasmin, her grabbing onto different things that she can use to break up with him. He's grabbing onto these different things so that he doesn't have to move. And she says, like, (laughs) this is a little shady and I loved it. She says in her, in the moment that He's supposed to be this adventurous guy who's traveled to all these different countries. And we do see, you know, proof of that, obviously. And she's like, but when time comes and he, you know, finally gets this opportunity that he can move to a different country, he can't handle the pressure. So really and truly, like, how adventurous are you? And I I 100% agreed with her. Because I'm like, you keep talking this big game. I don't want to live here. I don't want to do this. I want to do that and whatever. But then you are not rising the, to the occasion. That's lovely. Now says that I really want you to experience the States. And I said, she doesn't want to experience the States. She's made it very clear. She doesn't want to be there. Listen to her. And if you don't, if you're not on her level at this point, then let her go. Stop wasting her time. Like you're wasting my time with your with your fucking bullshit. But I'm still here to watch it. I, I want to see her just annihilate him. That's what I kind of want at this point. But and again, this is a this is the other way. And I don't think he's gonna go the other way. I really don't. Anyway, that's it for. Kristen and Julio for 
this week. So next time on, we see Holly has booked places for them to look at in gated communities. Uh, and we find out here that he apparently is keeping a fucking secret. Cool, cool, cool. But then he then, I guess, decides that he's gonna gaslight her by saying, you know, if you had a problem with like not knowing my finances, why didn't you find out before you married or attempted to marry me? And I said, you couldn't offer. You, you couldn't offer. Fuck you, sir. Anyway, Julio and Kirsten, they're fighting on the way to the airport. <laughs> Great. Um, Kenny and Armando, they're talking about babies and it looks like something does not go good because we see Armando getting, um, emotional. And then we see TJ is trying to mediate for this fight between the brother and Kim. Um, and <laughs> the brother says that Kim doesn't deserve love. And I said, what the fuck, sir? But she's like smiling because like TJ's not about it. Um, but yeah, that's it for the next time on. We still have not seen this new person. What is going on? But anyway, if you liked what you heard, please share Reality Tea Times 2 with everyone in your life. If you liked us, please make sure you hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a single episode. You can also rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube at Reality Tea times two. You can also connect with us by following us on either Facebook, Instagram, or threads at reality tea times two. You can email us at reality tea times two at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can listen to all of these episodes and also get links to our Facebook page, Instagram, and YouTube. And that is at reality tea times two com. All of this information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks.